Can the rapture of the church be found anywhere in the book of Revelation? And if so, where? And what about those who hear the gospel before the rapture and reject it? Can they be saved during the tribulation? Stay tuned for a discussion of these questions by 13 Bible prophecy experts. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. This is the third week in our presentation of 13 Bible prophecy experts responding to questions about the book of Revelation. If you missed our previous two programs featuring these interviews, you can watch them on our website at lambline.com. In this program, we're going to seek the answers to a couple of more questions about the book of Revelation, and both questions will relate to the rapture of the church. The first has to do with whether or not the rapture is even mentioned in the book of Revelation, and if so, where? We do not have time to present all the answers we receive, but here are some representative ones. The rapture is found, I guess, in an indirect way in, in chapter 4, verse 1. The Bible says that the windows of heaven are opened up, and John hears a voice saying, Come up hither. And next we find John in the very throne room of God in heaven. I think that's a picture of the rapture of the church, uh, the snatching away, the sudden calling up of God's people to heaven to be with the Lord. So in that sense, I would say that it's mentioned, although I wouldn't say that it is a major topic of Revelation, it certainly is mentioned in an indirect way. Some would use Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, to teach that that is talking about the rapture of the church. But I see it as John being uh, translated from earth to heaven, and he is seeing this heavenly scene. And what he is seeing are the events of Revelation chapters 4 and 5. He sees the four and 20 elders around the throne. I believe, Dave, that is the raptured uh, church. And uh, so I do believe that Revelation chapter 4 verse 1 is a rapture per se, but not directly referring to uh, the rapture of the church. It's just John being transported from earth to heaven to see the events that will happen in the not too distant future. But you can use Revelation 4 1 to prove a pre-tribulation rapture because you have the four and 20 elders around the throne. That is the raptured church. And then you have chapter 6 through 19 that deals with Daniel's 70th week of prophecy, the tribulation period. And then you have Revelation 19 where he is coming back with his church, especially verse 14. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. I'm convinced, Dave, that in verse 14, that's referring to us. That's our cue. We're coming back with him at his second coming. So Revelation 4.1 is a rapture per se, but uh, it's more or less John being transferred from earth to uh, heaven. Well, some people place the rapture of the church when the seventh angel blows the seventh trumpet and Others place the rapture of the church when the two witnesses ascend up into heaven. And others place it, and I'm one of them, in Revelation chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And we go back there and we look at those verses and we see that John heard this voice in heaven. He saw a door open and he heard this voice in heaven. It sounded like a trumpet. And the voice says, come up hither. And he was caught up into heaven. I believe his body was changed. He was in the spirit. And he finds himself suddenly before the throne of God. 
And that's a pretty good picture of what is going to happen at the rapture of the church. I disagree with those that say that it is when the seventh angel blows the seventh trumpet for several reasons. I want to just quickly give you three reasons. One, the rapture of the church. It, it, that's about uh, catching believers up into heaven. The seventh trumpet is about the judgment of unbelievers on earth. Uh, another reason would be the rapture of the church is about uh, grace. It's about an undeserving church being caught up into heaven. But the seventh trumpet is about wrath. It's about the judgment falling on unbelievers on earth. And then another one is that God says comfort one another with these words and we find that the seventh trumpet makes people on earth angry. Now concerning the two witnesses, we see that they ascend up into heaven before the seventh trumpet. And it really doesn't look like it's in a moment in a twinkling of an eye like the rapture of the church is because they stand on their feet, they walk around, the whole world sees them, and then they ascend up into heaven. I don't think the rapture is found specifically in the book of Revelation. A lot of people will look at uh, uh, passages like uh, uh, Revelation 4.1, you know, where it talks about there's a trumpet and where John is caught up to heaven. That's John being caught up to heaven. I don't really think that's a picture of the rapture. Now, in Revelation 3.10, there's a statement there that God's people... Um, the church. It's written to the church of Philadelphia, but you know, I think the, the letters to those seven churches are to all believers because he says, you know, to each one, he says, hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So it's for, for all of God's people. It does say there that God is going to keep us from the hour of testing that's coming upon the whole earth uh, to, to test those who dwell on the earth, which there is a, a, a beautiful picture there. He doesn't just say, I'm going to keep you from the testing, but he says, I'm going to keep you from the time of the testing. Now, the only way I know to be kept from the time of the test is to not be there. And so I think Revelation 3.10 is a statement that certainly implies, at least strongly, the idea of a pre-trib rapture. The, another place where I think we could see the idea of, a ra- of the, the pre-trib rapture in Revelation is that you have the word ecclesia or church 19, uh, 20 times in the book of Revelation. You have 19 times in chapters 1 to 3, and all of a sudden, no mention of the church. The next time the church is mentioned, the word ecclesia is used is Revelation twenty two sixteen. So I think, you know, these, these kinds of statements, we can see the idea of a pre-trib rapture there, although it's, you know, never just clearly spelled out or stated. Uh, there's a, a lot of these clues in there for us, I think we can find, that indicate Christ is going to come and take the church out before the tribulation begins. I believe it is, yes. I believe that in Revelation 4, 1, uh, it says, and I looked and I heard a, uh, a voice from heaven and uh, as it were the sound of a trumpet and it said come up hither and instantly John, uh, John says I was trans- transported in the spirit into heaven. If you follow the perspective that the rest of the story, the rest of the outline of, of the revelation from John everything about the church is in heaven. Everything that has to do with what's going on on earth is separate from where John is looking at it. John is looking down from heaven he is in the presence of the Lord. He's in the presence of, of the martyrs. He's in the presence of the tribulation saints. And so, but, he, but at no time is the church itself present on earth. So I believe that the division that's here is uh, between the, uh, the Lord in the first three chapters speaks to the seven churches, speaks essentially to the churches of, the, of this church age. And then after that, he says, this is what's going to happen next. Our guests are responding to the question, can the rapture be found in the book of Revelation? That's a good question. Uh, It's there, obviously, by implication. 
Uh, is there a clear-cut slam-dunk verse that we can say that's absolutely the rapture no matter what? I think it's a matter of cumulative evidence. Uh, certainly the message to the church at Philadelphia is uh, that you will escape uh, the judgment that is coming in the future, uh, that you will be taken out from the hour of trial. Uh, that certainly sounds like the rapture, and it's a promise to a church that's pictured as a faithful church that's doing everything right. There are no words of condemnation against that church. And then John's being caught up into heaven. Many see as a kind of picture or type of the rapture. Uh, but one thing that I think a lot of people overlook is you've got a very clear rapture in the book of Revelation in the story of the two witnesses. They're preaching the gospel. They are executed and put to death by the beast, by the Antichrist. Their bodies lie dead in the street for three and a half days, and the Spirit of God enters into them, resurrects them, and then says to them, come on up and zap their raptured right out of sight. Now, why would God go to all the trouble to let them die, resurrect them, and rapture them, uh, presumably at the middle point of the tribulation period? I think it was to convince people that the rapture had occurred earlier, that this disappearance of millions of people that seems so unexplainable is now explained by God himself in a mini-rapture, if you will, of the two witnesses who are then a picture of the greater rapture in the book of Revelation. Yes, I believe it is to be found two places. Uh, first, uh, uh, and maybe more than that, really, but, but first uh, in uh, Revelation 3.10, where it says that because you kept the word of my patience, I will keep you out of the hour of testing, uh, which we believe, or the tribulation hour, believe to be the tribulation hour. And, um, and, and the tribulation hour, it, it includes that it's coming upon the whole world of course, for rebellion and sin and so forth. The second place I think it's found for sure is in uh, Revelation uh, f chapter 4, verse 1, whether, where it says the whole, uh, door is open in heaven, and uh, John hears a voice saying, Come up hither, and then he's suddenly in the throne room of God, room of God and he, he um, sees all the things he sees there. I think also there are types of raptures probably uh, associated with uh, the two witnesses as they are lifted into heaven. When I first started studying the book of Revelation, I found a verse, Revelation 3.10, and I memorized it in the old King James Version. Because thou hast kept the word of my perseverance, I will also keep thee from the hour of testing, that hour that is about to come upon the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. Uh, is the rapture in the book of Revelation? I don't know what else we could conclude from that verse. There's a group of people uh, who are going to be kept from not the tribulation, but the hour of the tribulation, the time of it, and that's a little bit different. Yes, I find the rapture there. Also in the construction of the book, uh, we get through the first three chapters and the churches are mentioned. Then Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, John says, come up here. And many believe that is a symbol, uh, John being representative of the whole churches, that the church has now gone to heaven in Revelation 4.1. And it's very, very conspicuous. The church is not mentioned again until we get through Revelation 19. So the church is absent uh, through, from Revelation uh, 4 through 19. I believe it is. We have uh, the promise 
to the church, one of the seven churches, that they will be kept from the hour of the wrath of God. And that's so important because then they, they have that promise that they will not go through the wrath of the Lamb, which is described so fully in the later chapters. And then I think we have a type of the rapture with John, where the Lord says to John, come up here. And then he sees the wonders of heaven. That's so much like what's going to happen to the church when we are caught up to be uh, in heaven with, with the Lord. So I think that's a, that's a, a similarity. And, it's, of course, it's at the end of the church section there, the three chapters. John is caught up to be in heaven. It seems like uh, there is where the rapture is portrayed. It's not majored upon. It's not, uh, you know, highly developed, but it's there. I hope you are enjoying these interviews with such a variety of Bible prophecy experts. Our next question is a hotly debated one. It concerns whether or not a person who hears the gospel before the rapture of the church and rejects it can still be saved during the tribulation. We do not have time to present all 13 responses, so we'll show you some representative ones. And then I will present a summary at the end. Dave, it is a tough teaching, but I do believe that those who hear the gospel uh, before the rapture and, and reject it won't be saved after the rapture of the church. Now, I know that many men, women, and children would perish if that is true, but I go back and cite the example of uh, the ark when God shut the door to Noah's ark. Many men, women, and children perished in that instant. Uh, verse 10 of Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2 reveals uh, why people will perish in the future. It says, The Antichrist will come with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Why? Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Verse 11 reveals what kind of judgment will fall on those who didn't get saved. It says, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And then verse 12 reveals how many will perish. It says that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now there are people that want to water this down the way I look at it. They want to say all won't perish, just some will perish, some will be saved, part will perish, part will be saved, that kind of thing. Now, my answer to that is God said all. If God didn't mean all, God would have said some or part. But he said all, A-L-L. I don't believe God is mentally challenged. I believe God says what he wants to say, and he means what he says, and he'll do what he says, and all of that kind of thing. The strong delusion reminds me of the blinding of the Jews, of the hardening of Pharaoh's heart, of God giving gaze up to a reprobate mind, and that kind of thing. I remember Jesus talking about the Laodicean church, which I think uh, is the church at the end of the age. And he says the lukewarm will be spewed out. He didn't say some of them. He said the lukewarm will be spewed out. And so I believe all of them will be spewed out. He told us that there's a straight gate and a narrow way. And I believe that. And I need people to, I believe people need to get on it. I know there's a lot of debate about that. And I've heard that question asked a lot of times. So I took time to go back and read Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and, and to really come to a firm conclusion. My conclusion is 
that yes, people who have heard the gospel prior to the rapture and rejected uh, the offer of salvation will still be able to be saved after uh, the rapture of the church. Now, I know that some people would try to say, well, that's uh, second chance theology. Second chance theology is not that at all. Second chance theology is trying to say that people can be saved after they die. I don't believe that. But, but I am glad that God gave me more than one chance. He gave me many chances to be saved until I finally accepted what He was offering to me. But yes, I do believe that people will have that opportunity even though they may have rejected it. And I know that, um, uh, that God will send strong delusion. I'm a, you know, like I said, I'm familiar with that passage in Second Thessalonians. But, but uh, a careful... A careful study of that, for me personally, says that everything that's being talked about there has to do with the Antichrist and the things that are going in on in during the tribulation. And so those people who will reject the truth, I believe, is a reference to people who are living in the tribulation. And so, uh, I, again, it's it's a long it's a long answer. Uh, it would take some time to go through it. But yes, I do believe that people will have that opportunity. In fact, I believe immediately after the rapture, people who have heard the gospel and rejected it will immediately fall on their face before God and cry out for the mercies of God. And our God, whose mercies are infinite, will hear their cry and they will be saved. That's a real popular question. We get this a lot during the prophecy conferences that I preach at around the country. How I interpret Revel, uh, excuse me, Second Thessalonians chapter number 2 is during the church age that we're in right now because the rapture hasn't taken place yet. If someone hears and understands the gospel and they willfully and outright rejected it, would probably not have that opportunity during the tribulation period to get saved. The Bible says that God will send a strong delusion that they would believe the lie, the lie of the Antichrist when he comes on the scene, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. However, on the flip side of the coin, I believe those during the church age who have, who have not heard the gospel and have not understood it would probably have that opportunity during the tribulation period to get saved simply by the preaching of the 144,000, the two witnesses, and the angel preaching the everlasting gospel. That's an interesting question, and the answer that I have is yes, they will. Uh, the way I see that is this. The passage in, in question that Paul wrote in Second Thessalonians uh, has to do with the uh, tribulation period where there will be people who will hear the gospel and their hearts will be hardened against it and they simply will not want to have anything to do with it. But if you look at things, you see that what he also said in Romans chapter 1 is basically the same thing. He said that there are people who simply don't want to believe their hearts are hardened, and God is going to give them their ultimate judgment, which is that He's going to give them exactly what they asked for. Now, if you look at this carefully, you'll see that both Romans 1 and the passage in 2 Thessalonians are actually saying the same thing. It's just at two different times. Uh, the heart of man uh, can be very... Uh, wicked and evil, and there will be a, a, a hatred of God and a hatred of God's Word. And you see that today, and you're going to see it during the tribulation period. And at the same time, there are people whose hearts are permeable. 
I believe that there will be people during the tribulation who have heard the gospel earlier in their lives, or they will, uh, uh, they will see it maybe in a new light. They're, though they rejected the gospel, yet their hearts were not so hardened as we see in Romans chapter 1. And they, I believe, will hear it again, and this time, perhaps because of events that are happening around them, will accept Jesus as their Savior. Our guests are answering the question, can a person be saved during the tribulation who heard the gospel before the rapture and rejected it? I think ultimately only the Lord knows that for sure. Uh, The debate there is really over how one interprets the passage in 2 Thessalonians 2, uh, that they will all believe a lie and be condemned. Does that mean uh, everybody who rejects the Lord and continues to reject the Lord before the rapture, after the rapture, tends to believe the lie and will not be converted? Or does he mean if they had an opportunity to hear the truth and they willfully, deliberately rejected the truth? Now, technically, in the text in that passage, it doesn't say they heard the truth and willfully rejected it. It simply says they didn't believe it and instead they believed the lie. Did they ever hear it? maybe a matter of debate. Now, I uh, was saved as a young person and grew up in a church that preached very strongly that if you don't get saved before the rapture, you will not have a chance after the rapture. Uh, there are many good people that teach Bible prophecy that believe uh, you, you will have another chance uh, after the rapture, uh, that it's almost impossible to think that uh, the grace of God has limited itself to only speaking to you once, and if you've made a rejection at one point, you'll never have another opportunity. So I believe that, yes, people will have an opportunity to be saved after the rapture, but the tragedy is very few will. Most will not. Uh, Constantly through the book of Revelation it says, and they did not repent, and they did not repent, and they did not repent. Uh, I remind people all the time If you're not going to accept Christ in an age of peace and prosperity, for the most part, why in the world do you think you'd accept Him after the rapture when you're going to get your head cut off for your faith in Christ? Why would you even take that chance? Plus, you don't even know if you're going to live till the rapture comes. So if you can't say yes to Jesus and live for Him now, why do you think you're going to be willing to say yes and die for Him later You better not take any chances. You need to come to Christ right now. There's a a question that often gets asked. You know, these people who've heard the gospel clearly before the rapture and they reject it, then the rapture comes. Are these people going to be doomed and not have an opportunity to be saved? And it's based on 2 Thessalonians 2, where it talks about those who reject uh, the love of God there so as to not to receive the truth and they believe the lie. And so many say, you know, people who rejected the gospel clearly, you know, they're, they're finished. You know, they're, they're done for. The difficulty I have with that view is if one reads 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 12, in the context of that chapter, I believe it's talking about people during the tribulation period who reject uh, the truth of the gospel and believe the lie that is the lie that the Antichrist is God. So in other words, they rejected the gospel. They've not accepted Christ. They've turned to Antichrist. And I think what he's saying is the people that do that during the tribulation period, God then is going to send upon them, it says, strong delusion 
So it's kind of like once they've made their choice during the tribulation for Antichrist, God is going to say, you've made your choice now, and he's going to drive them even further into that delusion. Now, it is true, I think, if someone doesn't accept Christ now, in, in this time, it's certainly not going to get any easier to accept Christ after the rapture. So it may be that many who reject him now will continue to do so, but I wouldn't use Second Thessalonians 2 to prove that point. Uh, no, I, I, if, if my understanding of um, 2 Thessalonians um, 2 is correct, um, I don't think that can be the case. Um, in 2 Thessalonians 2, um, we read uh, in verse 8, And then shall that wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord consumed with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. For this cause, that is, those who have rejected Christ, those who have refused to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul, writing to the church at Thessalonica, says, For this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, as it is in other translations. And to me, um, the following verse says it all, verse 12, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So those who have come through this uh, period of grace, these days of grace, and having heard the gospel preached to them very powerfully and very forcibly, and rejected and rebelled the call of God, um, when this, uh, when that day of grace is over, when the rapture comes and the church is taken home, they will be left to face this um, amazing uh, punishment, this delusion that will come even from God and will bring damnation to their souls. Let me give you a quick summary of how our experts responded to the question concerning whether or not a person can be saved during the tribulation who heard the gospel before the rapture and rejected it. Six answered yes and four no. Two were not sure. My own personal answer is no because I believe that 2 Thessalonians 2 teaches that such a person will continue to reject the gospel during the tribulation. Next week, the Lord willing, we will present another program in this series as we ask our Bible prophecy experts two questions about the tribulation as it is portrayed in the book of Revelation. One of those questions will relate to the fact that the book of Revelation says that many people will be saved during the tribulation. How can that happen if the church has been raptured out of the world? The second question will relate to the Babylon the Great mentioned in Revelation 17 and 18. Specifically, we will ask, could this be the United States of America? Well, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you. Until next week, the Lord willing, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful, for your redemption is drawing near. If you would like to learn more about the book of Revelation, please consider Dr. Reagan's comprehensive survey entitled Wrath and Glory. In this easy-to-read book, Dr. Reagan takes you through the book of Revelation one chapter at a time and clearly explains the meaning of each chapter, relying on a literal, plain-sense interpretation. The book also contains Dr. Reagan's responses to the most commonly asked questions about Revelation. Questions like, is Revelation prophecy or history? Who are the mysterious 144,000 of Revelation? Where is the rapture in the book of Revelation? What is the meaning of 
the number 666. Will the Antichrist be killed and resurrected? Where will the Antichrist headquarters be located? Is Jesus really going to reign over the earth for a thousand years? Are believers going to live eternally in heaven or on a new earth? Dr. Reagan's book concludes with lessons drawn from the book of Revelation that we can apply to our lives as we try to live for Christ in the end times. You can secure a copy of this book for a gift of $15 or more plus the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time Monday through Friday or you can place your order at our website at lamblion.com. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.